Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Ben Arrington. How's it going, Ben? You alright? It's going good, man. How's it going with you? Not too bad. Have you, what are you drinking? You got any beverages on the go? I've got a bottle of water here, but I have also got a, bo- a bottle of red wine just um, in right. grab shot. But uh, I don't know if I'm gonna don't know if I'm gonna crack that open on a Sunday evening. To be fair, I don't know if it's a good idea. Yeah, are you you know, if you have like one glass of red wine a, a day, it's meant to be healthy for you. Is that true? Yeah, but I can never just have one glass because then like, you have a half could, open bottle in the fridge or something. You, you can only you can only ever have one jug full of <laughs> yeah red wine. It's all or nothing yeah. for me. Yeah. It's all or nothing, yeah. So basically, if I crack this open, shall I just down the whole, the whole shebang? I might just save. I might just save it for a special occasion. Not to say spending time with you is not a, not a good occasion. Save it for the um, like the last of the fifty when we do what is number one, The Shining or something. Uh, possibly. Spoiler alert: someone might be listening to this podcast thinking, "I can't wait to find out what number one's going to be." Bang! Don't matter. I can't remember what it is. Okay. Uh, have you done any any guffs? This week, <laughs> if I don't have any gaps, such a pers- it is such a personal question. Isn't it? Um, so I haven't really watched too much in the way of horror apart from today's film. Um, but I did watch some accompanying films for uh, for this film, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, so I watched the rest of the Cornetto trilogy, the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy. So Hot Fuzz and The World's End, uh, in that order. You know, got to do it in the right order. Yeah. Well, I watched uh, which- World's End today. Actually, last night, half last night and half this morning. All oh, right. Uh, okay. did, did you watch Hot Fuzz as well? No, I haven't got it, and I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. But I oh, do right. want to watch it again at some point soon. Yeah, because the That's... world's ends on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I've seen Hot Fuzz like maybe even more than Shaun of the Dead because it used to come on all the time on like Channel Four and stuff. Yeah. It's it's another one of those films where <clears throat> you can kind of pick pick it up from any point and watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I'm, I don't necessarily feel that way about Shaun of the Dead. I feel like it's one I've got to watch from sort of start to finish because 
Could, could, um, and uh, uh, the world's end. I swear, I've only ever seen once, maybe twice before. I'm so not how seen how do you feel about World's End? Because when I watched it today, <clears> I was like, it's a good film. It just doesn't really hold a candle to the first two. I don't think it does. No, I think it's like it's good. It's enjoyable. Obviously, it's good to see a lot of familiar faces from both of those films. Um, but yeah, it does. I don't think it holds a candle to either of them. It doesn't. Yeah. The thing is, because what Shaun and the Dead and Hot Fuzz are is that they're not spoofs, but they do send up various genres and they do sort. Of, they do kind of like um, take take a lot from various genres of films and various directors. Yeah. Uh, but the world's end is entirely its own beast, so it's almost like it doesn't quite feel like it's almost too too. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. Too. I was going to say too polished, but I don't know if that's true because the first two I feel like have more get the more robust structures and stories, and the the foreshadowing of jokes is better. Uh, yeah. But the, the world's end seems more. I think it's budget. <laughs> It might be there's more money there or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems, it seems a lot shinier. Yeah, it seems a lot shinier, and it, it kind of like it doesn't. The jokes don't fall so with with me. Like I'm, I feel like for my find myself crying with laughter, like Sean and Den Hot Fuzz and the World's yeah. End. Just a light chuckle, you know. I mean, it's still funny. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's because the roles are kind of reversed for Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in that film. I think Simon but, plays an incredible straight man. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. He and does. Probably gay as well, as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Nick Frost does as well. He yeah. really does. I think yeah. they they both do. But I think because of what we've what we've come to expect out of both of these films, it just feels a little bit disjointed. Feels a bit like unbalanced, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I've seen them, and I did manage to see uh, Solo. So the, the the Star Wars prequel thing. Have you seen that? Did you see that this week? No, I don't think I'm going to bother. No. No, I don't think so. I'd rather save your money and go and watch Hereditary later. And You'd rather save your yeah. Oh right, okay. You'd rather go and save your money and just uh, have a lovely, have a lovely uh, six pack of Magnums. A bottle of red. Yeah, delicious. Actually, Bo- bottle yeah. of red. You got wine on the brain today, Jesus. Magnum, Magnum Blanco and a bottle of red. That sounds good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So I thought Solo was 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 fine. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I think. I mean, I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan anyway. I'm not like a diehard. Um, Star Wars fan, so I kind of appreciate it for what it was. There were a lot of like silly kind of bits that were kind of felt a bit, felt a bit forced in there, answers to questions that perhaps nobody wants to know the answer to or nobody cares about. But yeah. it's like a sort of action, action packed sort of like space adventure movie. I thought it was just great, good. Good. fine. Great. I don't know, maybe not great, but maybe good. Um, and everyone, everyone involved, I think like the lead actor who was playing, um, what's his name, Alden, Alden. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Alderon. Yeah. Alderon. I mean, he was good, but at the same time, you kind of forget that he's supposed to be Han Solo. Right. It's yeah. only now and again you go, oh, yeah, he's Han Solo. Oh, yeah, he's Han Solo. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the supporting cast are all good. See, I, I out of the new films, I hold the unpopular opinion that Rogue One is the best one. And um, I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but I was reading an article about how a lot of films don't, a lot of franchise films, aren't really proper stories because they don't have fully fleshed art character arcs and because they're, they're part of a bigger universe. And Rogue mm-hmm. One's the only one that had introduced us to characters, played them through their entire character arcs, had this redemptive tale, and then yeah. finished finish their story in one film. And I feel like that's something that we don't really get in any franchise films anymore. Uh, no. They're more like soap operas than, than like episodes yeah. rather than... It's because it's obviously Rogue One was unique in that the way it ended 
needed to something needed to happen to set up the next film. Yeah. And certain characters needed to be not around anymore because otherwise, like, what the hell? Yeah. So obviously, films like Solo are kind of like setting things up, and then there's talk of like a Lando Calrissian spin-off now, and it's almost like characters that are even slightly popular. It's like, oh. Pawkins. How about we find out what happened to this person like yeah. 10 years ago? Or what about if Chewbacca was around, but like he's an elderly man? And what about if it's just, it's just all a bit. Yeah, I'll give it a go, especially when it comes on streaming or something, but I've just a little bit like, I don't know, just a bit burned out on like these big franchise films at the minute. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It has been an intense few weeks and then obviously we've got Jurassic World this yeah. week as well, which I'll probably go and see. So it's been like blockbuster season, big time, and it is. And I admit, yeah, it does get a bit exhausting, but yeah. I kind of, I still kind of like enjoy the the scale, the grand scale of all these sort of releases. So yeah, you can chill out, chill out for a bit after this, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, so I watched on Netflix as well. There's um, another. It's weird because I think it was last week when I said I'm not that bothered about zombie films at the minute, but then I watched Return of the Living Dead, which is from the 80s. Like super, super 80s, uh, written, I think it's written and directed by Danny Bannon. He wrote Aliens and worked with John Carpenter a bit and stuff like that. Have you seen Return okay. of the Living Dead? No, I don't think I have. Okay, it's good. It's, um, I imagine it's done, it did for zombies what Shaun of the Dead and, um, what Shaun of the Dead did for zombies in 2004, whatever it was. I feel like Return yeah. of the Living Dead did for zombies that in the 80s. So it's okay. super 80s, super funny. Like um, ludicrous about these sort of punks um, working in a morgue, and the zombies talk yeah. in it, All right? right? And there's there's almost kind of evil deadish in the sort of ludicrous way they sort of chat and they they like yearn for brains. And there's a bit where that the, all the people are trapped inside this um, uh, crematorium, and um, the zombies the, the zomb- they send in paramedics to help these guys out, and the zombies get on them. And then uh, the zombie gets on the blower and says, "Send more paramedics," <laughs> and he just keeps like, <laughs> "Right, yeah." <laughs> it's really, it's on the blower. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. Um, I definitely recommend it. I don't think I don't know many people from our generation who are sort of big fans of it, but I think if you were if you were like in your you know eighteen to thirties in the eighties, yeah, this would have been one of your favorite films, I imagine, because it is it's new, got, it's definitely worth watching. I've never seen it. It's on Netflix at the minute. But and all, yeah. all right, okay, cool. That and also, speaking of zombies, um, I've, I know I've told you about this many times already, but I've been playing Resident Evil Seven, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... Speaking of zombies, that there are no zombies in this damn game. Well, yeah, well, there isn't, is there? But Resident Evil Seven still Resident Evil, the franchise still makes me think of zombies. Oh but, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this game is so scary. It's really it balances it's just on that cusp of being too scary to play, but but. It's also incredibly compelling because you want to know what the story is and and what's happened to this family, and it just keeps you sort of pulled along. I think if people out there are sort of once chasing the dragon and like they want to get scared how they were as a kid, then and they don't play many horror games, this is this is the way to do it. Yeah, like it's pretty intense. It's intense. It's kind of relentless in how intense it is because you kind of think, oh, I've got a moment of respite. There's a moment where I can just chill and just I gather my thoughts, and then oh god, no, I've got to run. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, but yeah, it's a great game, and it's just it's so immersive. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to try it in VR, but I don't think I could. I don't think I could hack it. I don't think I could do it in VR. I think I would definitely urinate myself. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, and also watch Wild Sound, like I mentioned before. But uh, I need to try and get another. I might have to get Hot Fuzz on Blu ray or something. Because that is good. And you were like sending me like little quips from it and gifts and stuff. And I was like, it is <laughs> <Yeah>. pretty genius. <laughs> There's so many bits that like I've kind of. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, but it's just it's just a gift that keeps on giving. You just yeah. so many lines that I forget, and so many moments that I forget. And there's just so many great actors yeah. in it, and you kind of forget that these people were in it, even if they had like sort of really minor roles. Yeah. Even like Martin Freeman, Steve Coogan, Bill Nye, they're all in it like very early on, and it's P- just uh, Peter Jackson's in it. Peter Jackson, yeah. Peter Play Jackson Santa. is like Kate, Kate Blanchett Santa. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I good. never knew who that was. I never knew who that was for a long yeah. time. I thought it was just a sort of... But yeah, Kate Blanchett. I always like the joke. Cool. Uh, when's your birthday? 22nd of January. What year? Every year. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Cool. Okay, let's, uh, well, let's move on to the film we're talking about today. Um, Sean, this is number seven on the list, I think. Seven is it number 50. seven? Is it yeah. number seven? Is it number six? Seven no, number six? seven. You've got dead Number two, seven, okay. Six, I've got you. I believe. Stand corrected. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Shaun of the Dead? Shaun of the Dead, sure. So it's a 2004 comedy horror film directed by Edgar Wright and written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Um, so Pegg plays Shaun, a, directless, a directionless Londoner who is caught in an apocalyptic zombie uprising. There we go. That's pretty much it, isn't it? So. This is what Empire have to say. Uh, you can argue until you're zombified with exhaustion as to whether Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's first cinematic collaboration is a true horror. It is. The laughs are balanced by a keen understanding of the fear aesthetic, and it doesn't skimp either the scares or the gore. You only have to look at Night of the Living Dead, Homage, and Final Seas to understand that. Plus, Wright and his cast add such real emotional depth to the characters that they come across as more nuanced than in many a scary movie you can boast. It's got 92% of Rotten Tomatoes, 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, and I put it on a, on a Horror Hangout Facebook group, and everyone, I think just because our group is mainly people of our generation, so everyone had like good things to say about it. Yeah. Johnny Swinnow says, it's great fun, and a very British homage to the zombie flick. Michael Mayunda says, an absolute classic, probably still stands as Edgar Wright's best film, definitely belongs in the top 10 hor- best horrors. The film does well to be a good homage to the best zombie film, but also does its own thing. Um, and Best use of the song Don't Stop Me Now in a movie ever. Andy Conduit Turner says, increasingly imitated but not yet surpassed. It's a film that I can still enjoy today after repeated viewings. Um, and I only just lose its crown for favourite Cornetto trilogy movie to Hot Fuzz. So I think I'm I'm starting to go more that way now. But Hot Show that has always held the crown, but it's it is Hot Fuzz. Maybe after this next rewatch it'll swap places, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think from watching Hot Fuzz again, I think Hot Fuzz does kind of just kind of get the crown for being the best of, of out of this trilogy for me. Yeah, even though even though this film is great, yeah, it kind of just 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 sort of wins wins out for me. Johan uh, Chapalse says personally, whenever I think of horror comedy, this is what pops into my head. Um, John Connolly says it's an absolute gem of a movie, just as good as on movies as comedy, and that's an incredible achievement. As far as the Cornetto trilogy goes, though, Sean doesn't quite hit the pitch-perfect notes of Hot Fuzz for me, but really, that's like trying to decide which is better, boobs or butts. What's the point? They're both fantastic. Um, <laughs> when was the last time you watched well, that? Oh, what, before? Before this time? Yeah. Um, oh, God. It's been it's been a, quite a few years. Again, it was one of those films I used to watch really quite regularly when I used to sort of... It was one of the first Blu-rays I had, I think. Yeah, and I used to watch it sort of quite a lot, and it was always it always pop up on like ITV two, 
So you just sort of like always drop in and out and watch watch little bits and bobs. But yeah, yeah. probably a couple of years, maybe three or four years since I last saw it. But yeah, it's good when you go away from a film for that long. Because when you come back, it does feel incredibly fresh, especially something like this. Yeah, I think it's same, same for me. I think I went, I went for a period of watching it. Um, I, I went about maybe what was it, 16 or something. Um, and we had the DVD and we used to put it on. And I remember the first time I watched it and thought, there's something special about this that I've not seen before. Like the way that I didn't realize at the time, but it's where the camera moved and like the, the actual visual comedy phones coming yeah. out into, into camera and like wiggling in. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many little brilliant things like that that you just don't get. And it's like, all, go on. It's all very spaced. Like, so obviously if you're familiar with spaced, yeah. then it's all these little quirks that you kind of recognize from that show. And it pays homage obviously to absolutely loads of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a good point that it is just as good a horror film as it is a comedy. Yeah. Because it, it again, it as I mentioned before, it doesn't send up. It's not a spoof of a of a zombie film. It, it it's obviously clearly made yeah. by people who are huge fans of the genre, in particular, obviously like George Romero. And it's um incredibly, it's a, the Empire guys are saying incredibly emotional. Like the emotional depth when Simon Pegg was crying in this, it's really heartfelt. I feel like this, yeah. this film um is the best showreel for an actor you could like ever ask for. Cause it's incredibly funny. The comic, like comic timing of Simon Pegg. Yeah. He's like one of the best, the best physical comedy actors I think we've had for years. Since like yeah. Rick Mail and people who can just sort of bang the head like really naturally and trip over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you can sort of like just look around like sheepishly or, um, there's a bit in this I didn't really pick on before um, where he's eating pork scratchings and he's only crunching every time there's a gap in the, in the conversation. So just yeah. to sort of, not like crunch over someone but yeah. he's, he's just like an incredibly great actor and then it's like when his when his mother dies later on and, and those sort of bits um i'm just like blown away by how good of an actor he is and it kind of he, he kind of translates that though i think across all three of the films so yeah. hot fuzz and world's end as well he does really well in sort of all, all across the board a, a huge range yeah. uh, but I, th- I think nick frost is just as just as good as him really like he yeah. just he just plays he he does sort of play an absolute moron essentially, yeah. and he's like the he's like the source of the most frustrations of the film. But uh, this, <laughs> I mean, this is like got to be my favorite my favorite role of his. Yeah, um, I'm trying to out of all of them. Yeah, I think this is my favorite Nick Frost role. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. is pretty good in that as well. Plays a very similar sort of character in Hopfuzz, but he sure yeah he does. But like just with a bit more of a heart in the right place sort of guy. Yeah, in Hopfuzz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, trying to think what else. To, so that this is the first time I've seen it in about three or four years. Last time I watched it, I was trying to get Cat into because she did like Simon Pegg, and I was like, how can you not like Simon Pegg? <laughs> like, it's just, it's such like the British sort of everyman. Um, and I made her watch this, and she's like, yeah, it's quite good. And then we watched Space. <laughs> and, yeah, it's quite good. And now we've seen we watch Space like once a year or so because it's just one of the best sitcoms of all time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. It's weird because after this and after sort of the world's end and hot fuzz, Simon Pegg for me has not been someone that I've always been massively keen on, um, which is strange. Just every role he seems to like pick up on that. that not one, yeah. not one role would stand out to me massively other than this. Now, like, even though when I'm thinking about what sort of the stuff he's sort of been in since, anything where he's like the leading man has been kind of a flop without being too harsh. Um, what do you think to run fat by run? I didn't necessarily like that too much. I, I'd I think, give it a quick I've rewatch any, because I think I've only seen it once. It is it. It's not perfect, but I mean, it um, does have some great Simon Pegg isms. 
But you are yeah. right. I'm the same. Like, uh, I don't think I really follow his career. And any any film he's like got a minor role in, so obviously like Mission Impossible, um, or uh, <laughs> I can't even think of what else he's in. He was in Ready Player One. Uh, just I don't know. It's strange that it's strange that he hasn't sort of returned to this sort of role or this sort of genre. Yeah. Well, not necessarily genre, but but doing something a bit different. I guess obviously. Uh, Edgar Wright's kind of moved on in terms of the films he's making now, um, but it would be good to see c- come back and make a sort of another quintessentially British. It's weird, comedy. That even Edgar Wright. Like, I do love Edgar Wright's films. I don't love any of the new ones anywhere near as much as I do Hot Fuzz and no. Shaun of the Dead. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed, but I think it's the, it's those big studio films that yeah. he makes that don't necessarily half his stamp on as such or maybe a stamp he lose the english flavor yeah maybe maybe his stamp has just changed or maybe when he's making a film of an american cast it's just a little bit different which is fine but yeah this is the essential uh edgar wright i'd say and nick frost what is he doing these days i think he does a few blockbusters here and there doesn't he yeah so he's in he's in tomb raider as a very sort of minor minor part in that and i think he's just doing some tv and stuff yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in sort of major, major role for a while. Yeah, it's strange. Um, so in the film, we mentioned already, but key players have got. I think we have to say Edgar Wright is a key player in this film. His directorial like style is so much yeah. a part of the tone and the, and it's so much a part of the, of the film itself. It's difficult to um, not include him in the key player in this. But we've got Simon Pegg playing Sean, Kate Ashfield plays his long-term girlfriend Liz. Nick Frost uh, plays Simon Pegg's drug dealing layabout housemate. Uh, yeah, Ed uh, housemate slash like sort of old friend that he's kind of obviously kept around. Yeah, he's to... kind, of, <coughs> kind of holding him back from growing up properly. Really, we've also got Peter Serafinowicz in, in like one of his earlier roles. That he sort of after this Peter Serafinowicz didn't do too much American stuff um, oh. or too many movies, and then recently he's now like he's the tick and he's. And he's in Guys of the Galaxy and all these things, but Peter yeah. Serafinowicz is another one who's like a massive talent. Like, look, like all the things he's done. Look around you, the Peter Serafinowicz show. Yeah, so many, like, yeah well, great... he's the voice of Darth Maul, isn't he? Voice and, uh... of Darth Maul, yeah. Um, Which is pretty cool. <laughs> bit, bit, bit strange, but Lucy Davis is in it. She plays Diane. Um, yeah, people might know her from The Office, uh, the UK one. Uh, she plays what? What's her name in The Office? Uh, her name in uh, Dawn. Dawn, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan Moran. He plays. Uh, this is the only time I think we've ever seen Dylan Moran not play Dylan Moran. Yeah, and he exactly. did it really well. Like I always yeah. feel like Dylan Moran is such a unique person. I don't know if he could do anything else, but in yeah. this, he, he's completely different, and he's like amazing in it. Essentially, this film, um, in in either minor roles or like cameos or major roles, it is basically the who's who of yeah. British comedy royalty from like the late nineties through to the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. There's like everyone is kind of there. I mean there are a few people missing like from space that I noticed were weren't in it. I mean you don't Mark, get any Bill, Mark, Bill Mark Bailey. Heap. Bill Bailey yeah. Mark Heap. I don't know what, why he's not like a household name. That guy is oh. so funny. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just oh sorry, I've just I laughed so much I just saw his face. And yeah. remembered. Remembered. So he's he's what you gone. Yeah, yeah, he's just he, yeah, he's he's great as well. Fenway's watched Spaced. Uh, he plays Brian, the artist, and he was in that. He was in Jam. 
Chris Morris show. Uh, he used to pop up in little English comedy TV shows like that. And then he in Green Wing, he was a mainstay in that. Yeah, and then, now he's in. Isn't he in um, Friday Night Dinner as well? I've only seen a couple of those episodes, and he is. Yeah, every time I've seen him pop up, it's always been brilliant. Like, yeah, he's such, a, such an amazing actor. So it's a shame that we didn't really get him in this. Um, but that's the way it is. Um, so the plot. Should we jump into the story? Yeah. So it's so the the the, the uh, film starts in the local pub, obviously the Winchester where. <laughs> These guys spent. Oh, hello. There's a nice little sound effect for that. What are you opening? A lovely can of uh, John Smith's. <laughs> Iron Brew. <laughs> Iron Brew. Oh, I feel like I had something fizzy now, but I've only got the wine. It's not fizzy. I'll just I'll stick to our walls here. So, yeah. yeah, they're in the in the pub, and all the main players are here pretty much. And we get introduced to um, Simon Pegg's character, Sean. Um, and his girlfriend, Liz, is kind of giving him, the, giving him a bit of shit about the fact that their lives aren't really going anywhere. They're doing the same things week in, week out. Aren't they bored? But obviously, Sean and especially like Ed are kind of like happy in their lives of just this discomfort of just doing the same things week in, week out, and just relaxing and having a lovely cold pint in the pub. Yeah. Obviously, Liz wants a bit more, which is fair enough. But Sean is obviously unwilling to change too much. He's stuck in this permanent sort of man child um, place. And then we get like. uh... A uh, great way of introducing the characters, uh, the main characters, and also the side characters. Um, yeah. Some whip hands that Edgar Wright, you see a lot of that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Um, and then after we, after we sort of got to the place where they're like, okay, Sean is going to try harder. He's going to try harder to be a, a proper boyfriend and they're kind of trying to, try to make him more of an adult. That's going to be like the main gist of the film. And then we cut to like this like uh, opening credits prologue sequence that is so well put together. Um, it's got like everyone listening, like someone listening to the zombie song, whatever it's called, on the bus. Yeah. Um, is that a bit later on? It's, but uh, it's got all these little like, ideas, like teenagers walking like zombies in the streets, and and uh, people so, and people doing their jobs like day to day, or sort of like, walking around zombie. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then obviously when the when the actual title appears on the screen, there's kind of like just a group of kids kind of walking towards the screen, sort of like not actually the living dead, but just yeah, almost that zombie. way. Yeah. Almost that way. Yeah. 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 Um, so then we so then we get um, Sean waking up. This is quite good as well because obviously we get hit some legs stumbling towards like an open door and a, Simon uh, playing a pretty, a pretty fucking great zombie. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's just Sean um, yawning, which is good. Yeah, there are, lo- there are loads of moments like this in this film where it's obviously it's set up as a zombie film, so there are so many tropes that you're familiar with that you're kind of expecting. Yeah, and the way this film deals with them a lot of the time is it kind of like either teases the introduction of those tropes or it introduces that trope but puts like a real unique spin on it. Yeah. So you're looking at it from the other direction, which is like really, it is really sort of quite interesting. And that's why, that's why if you're a big fan of the, of the zombie genre as well, this yeah. film's so enjoyable because it's, it's everything you're familiar with and everything you see and you've seen before, but just you're just enjoying it in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, it's, they, they lay like so many foreshadowed jokes and stuff that would be like like later yeah. on in the film um there's a bit so sean wakes up does he go to the shop i think he goes to the shop at this point um and we get this shot of just the camera sort of following him as he makes his little journey to the corner shop which is yeah, a very yeah. british experience as well I just pop into the shop come on just from the shop cornetto <laughs> um, 
And he passes yeah, so like we... a homeless guy asking for change. Um, yeah. A little kid who kicks a football at his head and says, next time I see you, you're dead. No, you're that's... dead. <laughs> is, that, is that what he says? I yeah. think he just goes, yeah, I think he says that. I think he says, oi, you're dead. Or, oi, next time I see you, you're dead. Or something like yeah. that, yeah. So he's walking. It's a lovely sort of like pan shot where you see loads of different things happening, loads of people. There's like a guy who was like a sort of road sweeper, like just staring at him. Yeah. The and when sort he get... of washing the window or something. Which, and all this yeah. stuff that like, kind of comes back in later on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just just before that, just before he left for the shop, Pete, so Peter Serafinovich's um, character, yeah. does sort of come and say that Ed needs to find a job, or at least if he's freeloading off them, he needs yeah. to he needs to essentially tidy up around the house or something. Um, so obviously we start to be introduced to a little bit of tension there. Pete's, I think Pete's like a childhood friend as well, isn't he? And he's kind of like, like it, yeah, but he's yeah. Grown, he's grown on now. He looks like a banker, or he's doing you know, yeah, he's getting on with his life. Yeah, and then Sean, before he sort of leaves, he asks Ed to take down some phone messages. Not yeah. just your own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he comes downstairs and what's his name? He's playing on a game. Uh, yeah. And he goes, player two has entered the game. Have you got work? Player two has left the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many little, little bits. So then um, Liz, Liz phones and leaves an answer phone message, um, which obviously Sean doesn't hear, which says, sorry, I'm a little bit busy tonight, so could we just make the dinner just for seven instead of eight or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh and then, obviously, yes. it's, it, the message never gets taken. No, no, no. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, so when Sean is in the shop as well, there's a, this is another thing that this film does really well. It kind of like gives you a very slight, slight glimpse of the media and the way that they're, they're reporting on this these kind of events that have been happening. Obviously, it's people... Loads of little things like that. Like, just yeah. things happening around Sean that he's just oblivious to. Yeah. Or he, like... starts re- he starts reading a, paper, a newspaper headline at some point, and then, obviously, the... The guy oh, working in the shop, yeah, yeah, slams his hand down on the paper. Yeah. Also, there's a bit where they're just talking in like military tricks, like just pass by, like yeah. stuff, stuff I've not really noticed before. But um... no, there's a lot of stuff on TVs, like in the background on the radio. Um, yeah. Just lo- lots of bits like that that, that Sean's kind of he is oblivious to, but he is kind of paying. He's paying a slight bit of attention to, but he's not paying enough attention to. Yeah. To realize. So when he's on the bus on the way to work next as well, he's kind of like staring out the window and he sees. What looks like someone, someone just like collapses on a on a on a bus stop like across the road. Yeah, and he's kind of like watching as sort of people gather around. Yeah, so and, then, and then he says, "Gather around," and he's doing the staff meeting. Like, yeah, so good, like like yeah. a little transition there. Um, gather around, and then other people jump, gather around a person, and it comes. Yeah, to yeah, him. yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> so, and then we're introduced to he's the boss has called in sick at work or something. So Sean has to step up as the man, but no one takes him seriously. He's trying to do. Bit of a pep talk when I was listening. Rave Spall is in this. Yeah. We've seen many times now the ritual. Did we do a show on the episode on the ritual? Uh, no, I don't think we did, did we? Probably should have done that because that's that pretty good. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rave Spall plays a perfect sort of. Uh, uh, just like sat- Saturday boy who just don't care about his job and just yeah. don't take <laughs> don't take Sean seriously, answering his phone on the. Can you just not answer your phone, please, yeah. mate? This is if you not do th- personal errands. Yeah, this is the first time where, and so Sean says to him, "Look, mate, I'm, I know you don't want to be here for the rest of your life. I've got things I want to do." And he goes, "When?" And he goes, "Um, how how old are you? I'm 29." And I was like, "29? I'm older than Sean now." This is the first time <laughs> I've watched it, and I've like been older than him. I've, he's always been like, "I'll be all right when I get to that point." But yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'm past that point. Oh, how do you feel? Uh. No, oh god, a bit, okay. bit too deep, and then we go a bit, yeah. too, a bit too deep, yeah. and I just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, things are, oh god. Yeah. Um, uh, so he gets the, so he says to Rose Ball, 
you know, keep your personal life personal. Um, and they're introduced to his dad. Is that right at this point? It was Sean's stepdad, isn't it? So Philip played dad. by Bill Nighy. That's not my dad. Yeah. Your dad's here. It's not my dad. And this he is says that to customers. He's doing the thing with the customers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the TV and he's got the news here. And uh, I don't know what that is. And he's sort of going through the thing. And then... Um, and I think it's showing your dad's there, and he tells the customers he's not my dad. He, yeah, he feels yeah. a need to tell everyone that it's not his dad. Yeah, so he's clearly got a very difficult relationship with him. We're made to made to. So I think yeah. he came into Sean's life when he was what about twelve or something like that, twelve something and thirteen. Like yeah, so yeah. they got a bit of a frosty, difficult relationship. Played amazingly by Bill Nighy, by the way. Like, yeah, so spot on. Um. So yeah. So um, it, his stepdad comes to sort of basically say to him. Yeah, come back, come around for dinner, and that he should buy her some flowers that he didn't bring around for Mother's Day, was it? I wasn't gonna. <laughs> yeah, make sure you <laughs> don't bring us a little posy from the uh, petrol station. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then after that meeting, um, he has a little. He has a few words of Race Paul's character. He says, "Like I thought you said, keep your uh, personal life out of work." He was like, "Did that wasn't actually that was a what was it?" He says, very, "He says, I don't know, very important." Yeah, that was a that was a oh it was an emergency. What, and then like, so, get your mum some flowers. Yeah, and then suddenly, uh, Sean, uh, phone for you. Phones on the phone <laughs> comes through, and it's Liz. But obviously, because Sean's embarrassed, he's not actually listening. Yeah, he's completely ignoring yep. her. Going, oh, is it okay about the restaurant tonight? Can yep. we book it? He's like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Do it like doing that and like roast balls, like just give it. Uh, this episode yeah. might just go to us like gushing about the funny bits in the film, but it's just so good. Um, <laughs> So, so Sean obviously misses the whole point of the, the phone call anyway. Um, this yeah. is his second chance to sort of, so he missed the message because of his housemate who hasn't sort of sorted out. He's, yeah. He didn't really listen to his call because he's trying to be, uh, I don't know, trying to prove a point, I guess. Um, and then does he, what happens now? So he goes back to work or uh, he goes back home, right? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, he goes, to get, he goes to buy some flowers. While he's buying the flowers, he sees, like, a homeless man opposite. Like, what looks like he's about to eat a pigeon. <laughs> and then he just disappears behind the bus as it sort yeah. of drives by. Um, which was 
which was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, and as and as he's walking there, he meets um, so it's like his, it's like his ex girlfriend or like an old flame. So Avon, uh, played by Jessica Hines, obviously from uh, it's a nice little um, callback to space, isn't it? Lovely callback to space. Yeah, yeah, and that that is when when he's chatting to her. That is when he remembers booking a table. Yeah, so when he's he doing anything special. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh just like, no, <laughs> just remembering that he had to do something. Oh yeah, and then, and then, he, and then we get the hip hop montages that like Edgar Wright does so well with the like the things from Snatch where yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. snippets of uh, stuff. Yeah, just putting putting looking for the telephone number for the restaurant. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then he calls one restaurant and then it's fully booked. And you think you try and book somewhere else or just go somewhere we don't need to book, but he just rings Liz and says, "I forgot about it all. We've mug, we have mugged myself right off. How yeah. about we go to the Winchester?" <laughs> yeah, puts the, puts the phone down on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so then he grabs the flowers that he bought for his mum and then he goes to Liz's flat, like essentially to try and apologize or make amends. And this is when we sort of see the full relationship between him and her, but also with her flatmates who yeah. Dylan Moran's character doesn't like Sean for whatever, thinks he's a bit of a layabout yeah. waster. Um, Lucy Davis's character is supposed to be in a, in a relationship with Dylan Moran, right? They're, they're a couple, yeah. But obviously not, not really that meant to be together or anything. They're, they're, we get the impression that um, Dylan Moran's character likes Liz, Sean's girlfriend um, yeah but so they're having an, an argument uh, because he's again said let's go to Winchester that's his be all end all that's what where he always seems to go to the, the Winchester pub um, yeah so he's having an argument and we're, we're looking at Diane and uh, uh, Dylan Moran's character um, and then he what's this bit so Sean says something about uh, um, what about your friends or something and she said what a failed actress and a twat and he's I did not call Diane a failed actress just yeah, yeah. thinks that Dylan Moran's <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> So he gives her the flowers um, and she says thanks. And he says, to a wonderful mum. Uh, yeah. And he's, he, he, he goes, what? <laughs> just a little joke there. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to remember how he goes from here. I think we just get broken up with. I mean, that's yeah, just the she, point. She basically just says, oh, just this isn't what I want or something. Yeah. So he goes, oh, I've got to do something. And then it just cuts to him. Um, in the rain, looking devastated. That reminds me of space as well. I'm sure that exact same shot yeah, happens with, with the door with the door closing in his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, th- then he basically goes to the Winchester with Ed, and he's obviously absolutely devastated. There's a wonderful moment where um, what song comes on the on the jukebox? If you leave me now, who yeah. put this on? Who put? Yeah. Yes, it's John. Random. Yeah. So then they're, they're boozing like crazy. Um, and he's like, Sean's slowly getting over this, this being broken up with. And there's a, there's another amazing bit where uh, Nick Frost is like, look, mate, I'm not going to tell you there's plenty more fish in the sea. I'm not going to give you all the, like, the standard bullshit you normally see. But I tell you what, it's not the end of the fucking world, is it? And then yeah. right at that moment, like a zombie knocks on the, on the door outside. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, when, they're le- when they're leaving the pub as well, so they see sort of two people, or it looks like potentially kissing at the side of the thing. Yeah. Hello, was Miss- it? Did they say get a room or something like that? Miss your tea, love or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's suddenly one, the, the like it's obviously a zombie eating someone else, and the head sort of lolls to one side. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously we got the that zombie <laughs> dunk, staggering towards them. <laughs> what song is that that they're doing? Well, I think they were doing White Lies at the yeah. start, and it becomes some weird thing. Um, yeah. So they, get... <laughs> they just it... think he's drunk, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, th- so they go back to the, the house. 
They're playing like music incredibly loud. And <laughs> oh my god, this is ridiculous! And they're just like playing music loud, like scratching the record and everything. <laughs> yeah, and then Pete comes downstairs. Like he's really angry because like I've got work in the morning. It's four in the morning. It's four uh, in the fucking morning. Yeah. Takes the the vinyl record, lobs it out the window. Yeah, um, and he, I like I like it when he says to. He says to um, Ed at this point, he goes, now, can you understand why I'm so fucking angry? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pete's been, yeah. Pete's been bitten on the hand as well. He said he got yeah. mugged. Uh, some, some woman bit him on the hand. And, uh, why did they bite you? I don't know. I didn't stop to fucking ask them. <laughs> um, so Pete so he's like, he said he got a headache and he's like, his, yeah. hand, his hand's been bitten and everything. So, And then when, as he's going back, he goes, and the front door is open. Again, yeah. <laughs> keep leaving the front. They keep leaving the front door open. The thing is, like everyone knows somebody like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Just always leaves the front. Your front door is wide open, is it? Oh right, okay. Yeah. And then later on, again, that's like an amazing foreshadowing to a joke later on, where yeah. they they realise there's the zombies out there, and then Sean goes, "I'll close the door." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Supposed yeah. to shut, shut the door, but finally, um, so Pete goes to bed, but he tells he has a massive thing at Sean. He says like, um. Obviously, this is like a wake-up call for him, and he says, "You need to sort your fucking life out, mate." And then Sean he writes his little to-do list: go to get flowers for mum or something, yeah, win back Liz, sort win life out Liz. on his little notebook. Yeah. And he falls asleep, wakes up again. Um, yeah, it's a great shot here, obviously, where he hasn't moved from the night before. Just quickly yeah, snaps, yeah. snaps into morning, which is lovely. Um, so yeah, then basically goes for a walk to the corner shop again, which is exactly the same walk as he took in the morning before. But now, instead of all the people, all the characters we saw initially, everyone is essentially a zombie. Yeah, and it's like some the, where the, the guy was cleaning the window of his car, that window's now smashed in. <laughs> There's yep. like so many little things. Like he trips on the same curb. Um, yep. He thinks the homeless guy is asking for money. It's, it's just homeless stuff. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I ain't got any money. I don't even have enough for the bloody Cornetto. Yeah. And then he go. this is another, I keep gushing about this film, but uh, they go back into the house with the Cornetto and they're eating, or they're just chilling out and watching the TV. And it's the news reports, and they yep. keep flicking, they keep channel hopping. And the, the, if you sort of follow the sentence that they're making yeah. on the channel hopping, it's telling you about the end of the world. Yeah, it's so but it's well like done. it's going, yeah. for, it's going from the news to like uh, the Smiths, Panama David Attenborough, London, talking about David Attenborough, then like yeah. some football, and then the news again. But it's basically just like everything. And eventually, they do stick on a channel and realize, hang on a minute, there's something, there's something weird here. Um, there's a girl in the garden. Yeah, 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 and then he basically Ed's just been stood in the corner of the room for this whole thing. He just goes, "There's a girl at the garden." Yeah. So, they, so go they, go on. Yeah, sorry. So they think there's a teenage girl, like just absolutely wasted, just like in the garden. And when she turns around, like with her eyes white, and she looks like, oh, they go, "Oh my god, she's so drunk." Yeah. And then uh, there's a bit where she's like coming towards Sean, and she um. Uh, he fit, just thinks she's coming onto him. Yeah, so she falls onto him, and then Ed like takes a photo, <laughs> probably like disposable camera as well. She's obviously at this point, Sean's is laughing, but then he starts to realise, wait a minute, she's actually like trying to bite me. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, and when he stands up and pushes her away, did she falls onto like a sort of what is it like a parasol base? Yeah. yeah. Thing, and it just like goes all the way through her, which is uh, which is when which yeah. is when our characters realise that something really is up. Yeah, so then they go back in in the house. Um, I think they try and call some people. Uh, he tries to call Liz, and then Sean says she's engaged. And Nick Frost says that was quick. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit like that. Um, they, they, clo- they close the, fr- the window. 
Oh, and then the guy, the big fat zombie, walks into the front door. Is that right? No, this is. No, no. So, so obviously, there's there's a male zombie and a female zombie outside in the garden. Right. Yeah. And when they they sit down and they start watching TV, that yeah. the zombies are trying to get through the window, but they're they're not sort of doing too much at this stage. Um, and as they're watching the TV, they start saying that like, make sure all your windows and doors are sort of closed <laughs> and fully. Um, which is when. They they realized the front door was open and there's a dude, a guy in a tuxedo. <laughs> well, a guy who's like just come from a wedding or something. Yeah. Zom- zombie who just appears. And obviously then that's when they've got to kill the zombies at this point yeah. for the first time. So they're throwing just like anything at it, a pillow. <laughs> this is a great moment because when it walks in, Spatula. oh my God, he's got an arm off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got an arm off. Uh, I think Nick Frost kills him by, um, Ed kills him by, with the ashtray on his, yeah. on his head. Uh, and then the news reporter says, the only way to kill them is by destroying the head, removing the head, or destroying the brain. Yeah, uh, you so, see his head go. Yeah, so they get they get like a ba- like a washing basket hamper sort of thing of stuff, spatulas and a toaster uh, to try and take take out the zombies in the back garden. Eventually, they find the CD vinyls, uh, the one that Pete ch- chucked out the night before, and uh, that works. Um, they go for it. I don't want to go into too much detail, uh, but. It's just it's just a good scene where them going through this going through the vinyl records. Yeah. It's, and Sean's telling me to the can In my it. head I'm thinking records would never work, would they? <laughs> They'd never work trying yeah. to like destroy like a zombie's brain with a yeah. record. The best you get is like most of them miss, but one sort of like goes in this guy's eye. But yeah, yeah eventually eventually they go into the shed. Sean has a cricket bat, Ed has a shovel, and they beat the zombies to death. Which one do you want? Uh the man or the man or the girl? Uh, well, oh. then was it? Which one do you want? The girl or the guy? First one, and they yeah. swap over. <laughs> and then it, when they they kill these zombies, it's like uh, suddenly gets very brutal. Like we're watching them for quite a while, killing these zombies, bashing them on the heads, uh, and then it suddenly cuts to them on the living room sofa, eating cornettos, and, yeah, uh, and relaxing or having have to sit plan. down. Yeah. Um, so here we get the, they make the plan for what they're going to do. They um, Sean, I think, says, "Right, we'll go to." Oh, they phone his mum first to make sure she's all right, and they find out that Philip, his stepdad, has been bitten. And they're like, "Okay, we're gonna have to go to his mum to pick up his mum. Then we're gonna have to go get Liz from her flat, and then they come back to the house. They make all different sorts of plans. Each time they tell the plan, we, we see it, um, and we see it getting faster and faster, and yeah. like less sort of. Um, and eventually, like go all, go to the Winchester and wait for all of this to blow. Oh, that's not yet, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they make the plan. They realize Pete is upstairs. He's a zombie now. Um, yeah. Well, they kind of initially they kind of think maybe he's not there because they call upstairs to him. Yeah. And then and what does Nick say? Oi, prick! Uh, what does uh, Ed say? Oi, prick! And he doesn't respond. He says, "Well, he's definitely not he's there not, then." Yeah, yeah. But as they're, as they're about to leave, Sean's like, "Actually, I need a wee." So he goes upstairs <laughs> and then sees sort of the shadow of of, um, of yeah. Pete stood in the stood in the shower and then he's a zombie and comes after him. Does he just like lock him in? I think he just like or like closes the door on him. I don't know. I think he might close the door, uh, but somehow he gets out later on. Anyway, um, they escape in in Pete's car. They drive all the way to Liz's, whilst uh, Sean... well, they go they go to they go to mum and dad mum mum and dad's house. Not first, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I think they go to go to mum's first. Yeah, you are right. Yeah, yep. yeah they do. Yeah. Yep. And as soon as they get there, um, Ed's like, "Hang on a minute, Phil's got a Jaguar in the uh, <laughs> in the in the front on the drive." Yeah, and, and said, he's like, I'll, I'll just wait because he wants to shake me around with a piece of wood because I've left half a Snickers in the glove box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so Ed's just like, I'll just wait out, outside. And obviously, Sean goes in, thinking that he's going to have to kill Philip, who he's assuming is going to be a zombie already. Yeah. So when he when he walks up behind him with his cricket bat, he says, I'm sorry, Philip. He goes, why? What have you done this time? Yeah. And then it suddenly becomes an incredible dynamic of um, him just being a dad, like a, a, a dad he didn't particularly like. Uh, yeah. Like he's throwing Sean's toys out. Oh, what? Like he yeah, just yeah. Makes, like all the things that like Sean. I took them down the tip the other day. <laughs> oh what? Oh my God! And then uh, Sean's like, "We have to leave because um, and he's like, why the doctor's coming?" And then and then Bill Noye goes, "Oh, you didn't call the doctor, did you, Barbara? I told you I ran it under a cold tap." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good Bill Noye impression. I ran it under a cold tap. <laughs> and then um, she's like the classic mum, where she's like, uh, "Do you want anything to eat? <laughs> Do you want to eat some sandwiches? Cut some bread for me." Yeah, yeah, so that's quite good. And obviously, when they do eventually leave, Ed has like crashed Pete's car, <laughs> obviously on purpose, so that he could, they could take the Jaguar. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the zombies crashed attack it. again as they're all getting in the car. A zombie like bites Philip in the neck, yeah. which is like you know he's he's gone now, but he, he's he's still sort of surviving. All of them get in the car, they drive to Liz's. Yeah. Uh, and then Sean goes in on his own, basically, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, um. So he collects. He somehow convinces them all to go with him. Um. Tells them they're going to go to the Winchester. Um, yeah, because they basically say like we're someone we're not familiar with. We know all the exits. Um, yeah. Somewhere that's like fortified, got food and drink. Uh, obviously, got big locks for on the door. Bolts, yeah. I actually Deadbolts. think their flat was a better. Their flat is an absolutely perfect place. Yeah. For them to stay because it's like it's like the second floor or something, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they could just fortify like the the balcony bit, and then yeah. they'd be fine. But well, they like, surely they'd be fine anyway because I was zombies aren't going to get up there unless you buzz them in. These aren't climbing zombies, are they? They're pretty, no, they're pretty lame. Yeah, so they could just stay there. Um, but because Sean's gone there now, there's like zombies like gathering around. Uh, yeah. But for whatever reason, he managed to convince them to come with him. Um, if anything, it's just a, a sign of him showing his leadership initiative. Now he's starting to get grow as a, as a human being. Um, so they leave. They all get in. They all get into the Jaguar. They're driving like crazy. Yeah. And this is the moment where um, Sean introduces Liz to his mum for the first time ever, and they're like basically sat on each other's laps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sat next, so close to each other. Yeah. Mum, this is Liz. Liz is his mum. Hello. <laughs> they're, they're driving like crazy. Uh, Ed's driving, and Ed's like a nutcase, like running people over. Um, yeah. Sean, um, what's his name? Bill Nye is basically dying now, and. Uh, he tells Sean it wasn't it wasn't always easy, Sean. Like because he's a he was stepdad. He had to, he wanted to be like a, a role model for him as a, as an adult sort of thing that he didn't think he ever had. Um, yeah. And they sort of reconcile recon, like right at the end, just as he dies, and then Sean has another breakdown. A really great emotional part again from from Edgar Wright. That's mm-hmm. from a uh, Simon Pegg. And they um, pull up, and then he tells Ed, "Not everyone's all right." Uh, mum, dad's just died, and then she says, "No, he no, isn't." He isn't. <laughs> Dad, Philip's dead. No, he isn't. And then when they all get out, and Philip's obviously a zombie, um, Sean says, "There's absolutely nothing left of him. Everything you loved of that man is is gone." And then yeah. you see Philip reaches over and turns the radio off because it gets <laughs> ah. yeah. it's so loud. Um, so now the traps, all the weapons are inside the car. There's loads of zombies sort of piling up. Um, so they go, "We have to keep moving." They go around like these uh, back of these fences, one of these sort of alleyways, jitties, ginnels, whatever you want to call them. Um, jitties. Yeah, jitties. So jitties is the um, the slang I knew growing up. Cat. Yeah. Cat had ginnel in Manchester. What do you, What do you have? 
in Bristol? I don't know. Back alleyway, I guess. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> we always got <laughs> a, we, as a We got a jitty. Yeah, yeah. Take the jitty. Um, I'll take the jitty around there. Alleyway, I yeah. guess. That's what you call it. So they go through there, <clears throat> and we come across Jessica Hines' character again, and like the exact same characters, but like an alternative version of them. Yeah. Which is like a, the a moment. Yeah. So you got like who've you got like Matt Lucas, Martin oh. Freeman. Oh, well, I've got some quiz a quiz on you. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Okay. There we go. So we'll pass over that bit. But um. Simon Pegg's mum is distracted because she knows one of the houses. Oh, this is yeah. where Philip lives, or whatever this she says. Where like Nigel lives, or something. Yeah. I swear it is. And then she ends, and they, she ends up in a different garden. Yeah. And suddenly, Sean hears her scream, so he goes to rescue her. And there's a zombie attacking her, so he kind of yeah. like attacks it with one of those swing ball things. Give it to him. And he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> so spins around. Really going for it like a mace or something. It just hits a tennis ball. <laughs> Not working. Rubbish. Yeah. There's another funny bit as well where uh, so the, just after this bit, they save they saved the mum and they call the zombie. Um, and they're like, right across across from this fence is the road, and then there's a Winchester. I'll take a look to see if the coast is clear. And he's like a little child set of steps, and he goes up, yeah, yeah, every yeah, single yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks up, and he goes back down, and he says the coast clear. And he goes, no. How many are there? Lots. And uh, so they decide they're going to have to act like a zombie to um, to get to the Winchester and, and walk through these, these masses of zombies there. Um, I think Simon Pegg's the only one who does a decent impression of a zombie. Yeah, but I guess they kind of make out that everyone else is either like just not interested or... So yeah. Dylan Moran's like, oh, I'll do it on the night. No, no, no. Ed says he'll do it on the night. Yeah, you don't even need night. to practice. Yeah. There's a really th- this bit made me laugh. Is Sean Sean's mum is doing a weird sort of like, Ooh, she's not even actually moaning <laughs> like a zombie. She's going. <laughs> There's a funny bit actually when when Diane is sort of teaching them all to behave like zombies, yeah. um, where Ed Sean's mum is kind of like spacing out, spacing out, and he goes, "That's really good, Barbara. Sorry, I wasn't listening." <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> So then they they go for it. They they walk through these masses of zombies and they're sort of pretending and they get to the Winchester entrance, but it's locked. And now they're trapped yep. out there and they need to find a way in. Zombies are getting on, getting in, like and gathering Ed's around. Fo- Ed's phone rings <laughs> and he takes the call. <laughs> he takes the call and it's like someone who's obviously asking him if he's got any drugs. Yeah. And she goes, Nah, nothing, mate. Nothing, mate. What about you? And it's like they're just carrying on like a normal <laughs> conversation, even though like the world is ending and there's zombies yeah. everywhere. So Sean. Finally, like, it bursts with rage at his friend Ed, like, screams at him to grow the fuck up. Um, it's a big moment, but now the zombies are, every zombie, like, near- nearby has heard them um, and they're coming yep. towards them. Dylan Moran makes the stupid mistake of uh, breaking a window to get into the pub because now the zombies are just going to follow them in. So yep. Simon Pegg uh, leads them away, uh, makes like a diversion for them to get inside the pub. Um, so now we're at the final. We're at the. We're in the house. The night of the living dead house. We're at the yep. the, the base. The, the, the final setting of the, the rest of the film. Um, so what happens now? Where, where do we go from here? So we're kind of like in the pub. Obviously, Sean isn't there at, the, at this particular moment, and everyone they're sort of like looking around. Um, they sort of block up the shattered window. They kind of just pile things up, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. And then Sean does eventually make it back. He said, "I slipped in through the. I, I came through the back door, and after I gave him the slip." Yeah. yeah, I think everyone sort of knows at this point. Did he? What did he do? What, how has he done this? Um, and at night time, sort of the six of them are sort of all um, hanging around in the pub. 
And then Sean goes into the back room to sort of like turn on the main circuit breaker. So they've got electricity, which I was a bit like, why are they doing that? Like to watch the TV or? To, to, uh, oh, yeah, to turn the TV on to see if there's any sort of broadcast. Right, yeah, yeah. And when he, when, he, when he switches the lights on, he sees that the zombies have all followed him and they're at the back door of the pub. So he just yeah. pulls, the, pulls the blind down <laughs> just so you don't have to look at them. Yeah. Um, so basically all the TV channels are, are all broadcasting like the stay tuned for, for more information screens yeah. and they or keep. So obviously things really have hit the shit really has hit the fan at this particular stage because there were there were broadcasts before but now there's nothing at all yeah ed while this is happening they're sort of getting used to their accommodation and they're having a drink and eating crisps and stuff um ed says liz have you got a quid yeah (laughs) and she gives him a pound coin for him to spend on the slot machine and it's like super loud super loud and he lays the jackpot all the money's coming out it's like you fucking idiot yeah <clears throat> and that's um, when the pub landlord sort of wakes up from somewhere and comes in. He's a zombie. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the yeah. jukebox switches on and like, obviously, don't stop me now. But Queen's playing while yeah. everybody's hitting the zombie with pool cues. In time like, with the music. Yeah. yeah, in time with the music. But they've all got pretty good at killing zombies at this point. They really yeah. take ages to like kill him. <laughs> Diane joins in. She throws like a dart at, at, yeah. at the landlord. It just hits Sean in the side of the head. At the same that's time, horrible. they tell Dylan Moran to go and turn the power off and the fuse. And he goes to turn it off. It doesn't know which one it is. He starts yeah. flicking these switches up and down. So he cut outside the pub and there's really loud music and the lights are coming, like blinking in and yeah. off. <laughs> it's the worst thing any of them could do. Um, and then Ed sort of grabs the wit. There's a rifle behind the bar that he's sort of mentioned a few times in the film as like being live. Yeah. And obviously everyone's saying it's obviously deactivated. He's like, nah, nah. The landlord knows some people. He's a dodgy character. Um, so when he throws Sean the gun, uh, Sean like just smashes the zombie into the into the jukebox, doesn't he? And he says, "I uh, yeah. obviously I didn't shoot him because it's deactivated." And then he just <laughs> shoots the shoots the gun. Yeah. Um, so now they've got a weapon. The zombies uh, starting to pour in through the with the gaps in the wind and stuff, and they're they're fucking terrible with the gun. Really, they, they yeah. miss. I think they hit like two people at the most. Yeah. Um, well, they kind of like they keep just going. You take the gun. You take the gun. You take the gun. Yeah. Um, at the same time, we realize. Sean's mum was bitten earlier in the film uh, and she's she's dying now. So Sean gives the gun to Ed and goes to sort of say goodbye to his mum. And that's yeah. another like really emotionally heartbreaking bit. Um, and as she dies, we hear the gun cock and we see that Dylan Moran is now like about to shoot Sean's mum. And we tell yeah. it's not just because she's a zombie. There's like a hidden thing there where he's obviously jealous of Sean. Yeah. Liz's relationship. He's jealous of Sean stepping up to be the sort of leader in this group. And this is him trying to, maybe it's more subconscious than anything, but he wants to get one up on Sean and he's going to do that yeah. by killing his, his zombie mum. And then he, I think Sean, does he punch him? Yeah, he punches him. Yeah, I think he punches him. Uh, and then, there's, like a, there's like a Mexican standoff bit here where uh, Sean's got, no, sorry, David's got the gun aimed at Sean. Sean's got like, what's he got? Something. And then or something. Ed, Ed gets a corkscrew. And then uh, Diane like comes and grabs something as well. So there's this sort of yeah. moment. But then Sean eventually <laughs> sort of like takes the gun because Barbara rises a zombie and he does kill, does kill his mummy. Yeah, but they do. Um, so there's a bit of where Sean punches Dave, David. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to shoot Sean, like he actually pulls the trigger. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Um, but it's empty, so it obviously nothing goes off. But the the intention was there to actually kill Sean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then instantly the guy is like uh, embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. He says, I'm going to leave. I can't be around these people. He goes to leave 
Um, and then we have probably the most gruesome death in the entire film. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a callback to uh, Dawn of the Dead, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. Getting uh, ripped apart. The hands are reaching into the stomach, uh, pulling like intestine out and stuff. It's it's really well done. Um, and then L- Diane, Diane, yeah, Diane yeah. F- follows him into the zombies to try and with win back. with one of his severed legs <laughs> or, hat, or arms, using it as a weapon just <laughs> yeah. into the zombies. Yeah, so, that's so she gets killed. So well, we don't think we see her get killed yeah, at this stage. Yeah. She kind of just goes off into the crowd. So, you know, she could have survived. Yeah. And then we're left with the three, Sean, Liz, and Ed. Um, they, yeah, but all, all, the, all the zombies break into the pub at this point, and obviously including Pete. And Pete and a few of the other zombies like start biting Ed. And that's when Sean says, I said leave him alone! Yeah. He has like a really good headshot. Yep. Uh, they... The zombies push them into the cellar, like they sort of work work them into it. Um, <coughs> so we're right at the end of the film now, where Ed's dying. Um, they find that they've got a way up through like the service hatch thing into the main road, but yeah. they're probably going to die. And they go up, and then there's like military action have just sort of found the area, right? Yeah. So military have sort of all. Sort of come in, they start opening fire on all the zombies, and then we see Yvonne, obviously from earlier, Jessica Hine, um, says that they're evacu- evacuating any survivors. How many of you are left? And obviously, Sean and Liz are just like, it's just us. Um, and that is the end <laughs> of, of essentially Z Day, which then we see a lot of TV. No, it's several months later, and we see a lot of TV shows and reports yeah. um, saying, obviously, everything that's happened since Z Day. Obviously, a lot of life was lost, but now zombies have kind of like been given menial jobs. In in sort of like retail and restaurants and yeah, collect collecting trolleys, um, like, and uh, using <coughs> using like game shows as well. Yeah, game shows, and they're also <clears throat> just popping up in like popular culture. So there's Coldplayer are there to promote Zombade, which is uh, yeah, like yeah. a uh, band aid sort of uh, thing. And then um, yeah. one is on Trisha because a woman says like I married a zombie <laughs> or something. Yeah, like oh, I still love him. Yeah. He's- do you have sex with this guy? Did she say something yeah. like that? And then we also, <clears throat> so we get to a point where he, Sean has basically won in the end, like his version of life, because Liz is now with him and he says, what do you want to do today? And Liz kind of says, let's not really do anything. Let's yeah. just chill and eat and, and go to nip to the pub and that sort of thing. So, so he's essentially won the, won the relationship. Yeah, so she's obviously got like a, her outlook on life is different now that she's seen a possible end of the world scenario. So she thinks I'll probably add it good with, with Sean. And yeah. so now they're obviously they're they're sort of embracing the <clears throat> the comforts of the simple life. Yeah. Um and then obviously Sean says, I'm just gonna pop out to the shed. Yeah. Well we we see Nick Frost still playing a game uh, and they sort of play together. It's a nice little way to finish the film. Yeah. Uh, Nick Frost as a zombie, obviously. Yeah. Zo- zombie Ed uh, playing playing video games together. Do you reckon he's any good though? No, I, I can't imagine him being good. <laughs> Maybe that's why he likes it. He's yeah. like, finally beat him. Beat his ass. So, uh, that's how the film ends. So, the trivia, you ready? Yep. Uh, can you name all of the actors in Jessica Hines' party? Martin Freeman. Yep. Matt Lucas. Yep. Oh, that woman from Green Wing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy from League of, League of Gentlemen. Oh God, what's his name? The guy from League of Gentlemen, and then like the old lady mum character. That was a really bad effort. I can't think of anyone's name. What's the guy's name? Oh, the guy's name from League of Gentlemen is. Have you got it? 
No, I can't remember. Um, you did pretty well. I I did I knew, I thought <laughs> you, I thought you'd get. Oh, Jessica Hines as well. Yeah, I thought you'd get um Reece Shearsmith's name. Oh, Reece Shearsmith. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was close the, in my the head. The woman was... from uh, Green Wing is called and Black Books called Tamsin Green. She's in a she's yeah. a Friday night dinner as well. Uh, the, the the woman I didn't think you'd get, which I wouldn't have remembered her name, is uh, Julia Deakin, who plays Marsha in Space. She's the the mum the mum character on the other party. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's also in Hot Fuzz. She's like the landlady in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah. She well, she's in like um, what's it called? Um, Alan Partridge as well, isn't she? It's really. I never really watched yeah. much Alan Partridge, but um, yeah. Okay, so uh, number two, what was the original title for the film? Um, <laughs> I feel like I know this as well. This is this is difficult. Um, was it? No, I've gone blank again. Uh, the, the original title for the film was Tea Time of the Dead. Oh. That was what they had oh. on the original pitching document. Um, Tea Time? Yeah. I don't. It's not a very good title, is it? That first show no, of the dead. Not. Okay, number three. Uh, in the phone book, um, we see the reference to a very famous zombie movie director. Um, he say who it is. And George, uh, George Romero? George A. Romero? It's, it's not George Romero. It's, it's a different one. Um, oh. But it, I'll have another guess. I don't know if, if you know the director too much or not. I, I've never seen many of his films, but it's the, it's basically the, the fish restaurant is his name. Oh, no, I can't remember that either. No, it's it's a, tough. A, yeah, sorry. It's a Fulci's, Fulci's fish restaurant. Uh, Fulci did um, Zombie Flesh Eaters, oh, uh, right. Zombie 2, City of the Living Dead, like all these great other. The Italian sort of version of these films. Oh, right, okay. Um, okay, number four. What game is Ed playing in the film on his PlayStation? I was thinking that as well. Is it like Need for Speed or something like that? No, it's a shooting game. Is it a zombie shooting game? No. Time right, Crisis? I think I think you mean Time Splitters 2. Oh, right, okay. Is it Time Splitters 2, is it? It is Time Splitters 2, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there are zombies in Time Splitters 2. Time Splitters 2, I, I thought it was a great game. I love that game. Yeah, I haven't played that for years. Yeah. Um, number five. You, I don't think you guys. What is David, played by Dylan Moran's surname? What is David's surname? They never say it in the film. So unless, you look, unless you're looking at the credits. David Black. No, they could have gone somewhere like David Fastidious, his name is. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was tough. That was tough, Luke. What are you doing to me? Well, I figured, Sean, that it's a film that we both know quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched so many it. extras. I watched so many extras as well, so I should yeah. have done a lot more, but still. No. Still did pretty well. Still did pretty well. Um, this might be more anything. difficult. <laughs> you got like two of the people in the first one. Um, what were you going to grade the film? All oh, right, okay. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about it. Um, so, as I said, it's not my favorite of but i think hot fuzz is such a great film that it's really difficult to to sort of put them together yeah <clears throat> in terms of a film that does such i mean as, as sort of like horror comedy i'd say it's probably my favorite horror comedy or comedy horror i wouldn't yeah. say i preferred any of the evil dead films to this i think this is the rewatchability and this is great as yeah. a, a re, like british comedy especially british comedy of this era yeah. really is my sort of humor as well so it just kind of like ticks all the boxes for me and i love yeah. zo- love zombie stuff 
I know that this was originally sort of based off of an episode of Space where they did like a sort of um, a, a Resident, Resident Evil. Evil, yeah, Resident Evil bit where he kind of like falls asleep after being like drunk and he's not been a he's not been a he's been awake for like forty eight hours on speed yeah. playing Resident Evil, <laughs> Resident Evil two, yeah. and he starts seeing zombies everywhere. So that's I'd love to have seen fun. more more sort of like callbacks to all Resident Evil games, but still like it yeah. is a film. I wouldn't go as far to give it like an A plus, but I'm definitely giving it an A. Well, I was I was at like A plus level. For so yeah. long, and I was just like, you know, I don't know. There's something that's making me having to bring it down to an A because I do feel yeah. like I'm slightly like because this was a, a film that I loved so much in my early years, and yeah. I think I was just still holding it at that thing, that sort of level, even though it's probably not at that level. That's more of a nostalgic thing that's keeping it there. But yeah, it's, yeah um, but it is. It's a definite A. Like it's a fucking fantastic film. <laughs> Yeah, so good. exactly. And it's yeah. a, it's the kind of film where, like, if I had to watch it again tomorrow, I quite mm. happily would. Yeah. It's not it's not the kind of film where I think, you know, a lot of the films on this list, you kind of think, I definitely don't need to see that for a few more years or ever again. Yeah, yeah. But, but we've but there have been a few, and this is one of them where I'm a bit like, yeah, yeah. It's it's good to see that this film like did so well for Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost because it's like our it's like our brand like English humour and English talent. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh like, yeah. local boys doing well. Um so it is a great film and I think I'm gonna to have to watch Hot Fuzz again soon. I think it's been like three or four years since I've seen Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I watched Hot Fuzz obviously as I said, but yeah. That 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 wins out against this film. Only only just but still yeah. Might, when I'm thinking about it now I do feel like Hot Fuzz is more polished. Like it does seem to have more po- like the script yeah. seems more polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's the thing is, it's a few years after this. It's three years, isn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So next week, um, we could either do do well. I think we have to do Evil Dead Two next, which is number six on the list. But I yeah. do want to do Hereditary when that comes out. I think Hereditary is out on the fifteenth of June. So right. Um, it might have to be the week after, maybe the week after that. But okay. But that that sounds exciting. A lot of buzz about that. Have you seen the trailer for Upgrade as well? By the way. I haven't seen the trailer for Upgrade. When you mentioned it just now, I mean, I've yeah. seen the post. I've seen the poster for it, but I haven't seen the trailer. So it's Blumhouse. Yes, yeah. but it's not a horror. It's like a, a sci-fi horror thriller in the vein of RoboCop, Terminator, and that sort of thing. Apparently, like it's really good, like like a ton of fun for people who yeah. like those sort of films. Um, it's like that that modern equivalent of those. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so maybe we should do that at some point. I don't know if it's horror enough. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. Well, maybe we'll look into yeah. it a little bit. See, it's yeah, horror, horror, horror-y. It is. That's not a word. Horry. Okay, cool. Horry. Um, so this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com. Uh, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kobach Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to you, everyone in the Facebook group, and thanks to my co-host Ben for being your horror dude. Cheers, dude. Thank you very much, Luke Condor. Until next time. Alright man, I'm getting lost in the shadow here. (laughs) Alright, see you bit.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.